Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2014 and beyond. I am Ryan. To my left is James. To my farther left is Brad. And we are coming to you live from inside my living room. We're not live. We're recorded. Well, we're live right now. Well, I am alive, yeah. We're talking live. You guys will be dead if you don't move the show along. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Brad. Brad's getting pissed over there. Antsy. Antsy pantsy. So if you're wondering why we sound so freaking amazing is because we use tweaked audio earbuds. And if you are using them too, then you would hear how amazing we sound. I might sound annoying if you're not using tweaked audio earbuds. I'm really sad because I accidentally uh, like got mine caught in the door of your car. I know. And they got dragged on the highway for 67 miles, <laughs> and yet they were still okay. Wow. No, they weren't really. They were <laughs> hor- hor- horribly destroyed. So I'm going to have to order some more. Uh, yeah, you should. <laughs> you know what you can do, James? You can log on to tweakedaudio.com, put real nerds into the coupon code. You'll get a third off your whole order. R-E-E-L-N-E-R-D-S. Oh, shit. I'm going to do that right now. Fuck yeah. You should click, do that click, right click, now. Click, click. That was me clicking keys. Nice. And if you go see a movie in Denver, go see it at the Alamo Drafthouse, Littleton. It's the place to be. It is. That was that was my new commercial. Free. Free commercial for the Alamo <laughs> Drafthouse. Not bad. Not bad. Now that I draw, brought attention to it, though, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're wondering, like, who the hell is this douchebag and what's he talking about? Well, every week we go see a new movie and we broadcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Machete Kills. Should we say Machete or Machete? Because, you machete. know. Machete. Just say machete? Ah, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Might be the title of the episode. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> or just Danny Trejo is old. Um, <laughs> oh, Danny Trejo walks away apathetically. <laughs> A lot. Yep. Yep. So we saw Machete Kills. Stay tuned to the at the end of the podcast because we will be spoiling the movie and reviewing it at the same time. What we do is we say if you should see the movie... We play the trailer, then we go into spoilers, so stay tuned for that. We also talk about stuff we've been watching, um, movies that are coming out, comic books. you have a comic book for me this week, James? I do. Cool. It's so great. I was going to have one last week, but then our guest had a comic book for us. Yeah. And you have one this week, so even if I can't remember one next week, I still have one from like two weeks ago that I can use. Do you want to go? No, it's oh, okay. whatever you want to do. Whatever. We'll play it by ear. We'll see yeah, how it goes. We got waiting. movie news, box office numbers, stuff coming out. Yeah. Basically, if you like movies, you'll like our podcast. If you like nerdy stuff, you'll like our podcast. Because sometimes we might talk about video games we've been playing. Anybody played uh, uh, The Last of Us out there? We love that game. And this week, I think the new Batman game comes out. Or is it next week? Uh, I don't know. Whatever week. If, week. It's, if it's tomorrow, I'm going to go get it. If it's next <laughs> week, I'm going to go get it. <laughs> and by go get it, I mean I'm going to log on to Amazon and I'm going to click on it, and it's going to send it to me. Was that your new commercial for Amazon? No, because also, if you go onto Digital Bits, not only can you purchase <laughs> video games, I mean, movies, you can purchase video games from them, too. This is true. It is true. So, anyways, without further ado, <laughs> here's the stuff we've been watching this week. Do we not do mail anymore? Oh, fuck, we do have shitloads of mail. Well, maybe do I'm changing wanna, it up. Do you want to do a Tell Your Ad Horror Show before we go into what we've been watching? Just talk about the show. While uh, he's looking it up, we can BS, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we went to uh, Telluride over the last couple of days. Um, to Telluride Horror Show was the fourth annual Telluride Horror Show. Uh, it was really fun. Um, saw a lot more movies this year. 
got some a couple of neat interviews that you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna get to listen yeah. to. Uh, what we learned last year is that no one really wanted to come to our booth, so we figured we had more time <laughs> to not be there. Well, they're not uh, they're not like a con, so they don't have like a dealer room or anything like that. So there's not a lot of foot traffic. So basically, our booth is there so that we can interview people, you know, the directors and things like that. Um, so, so yeah, this year, this year we got to see more movies. We go cool. see the movies a lot of the times. The actors and directors are there. Yeah. So we just go to the movies and say, "Hey, be on our show." Yeah. Because you know who we got on our show, guys. Were you guys there when we got two-time Academy Award winner Phil Tippett on our show? No, I wasn't. Oh, I was out of yeah, the room. that happened. <laughs> no, that was awesome, man. That was awesome because he was uh, showing a movie called Mad God. There, mm-hmm. it's really just a short because well, it's like. Um... He's going to make a full film mm-hmm. out of it, but it's these little sections. It's like in chapters, I guess. Because he has to f- uh, find his own little thing because Hollywood won't give him money. Yeah. For And if you want to hear his take on Hollywood, stay tuned for that interview. It's very <laughs> interesting. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. And uh, go check out, uh, see, uh, um, well, I guess in the interview he says where you can find it because I can't remember now. Uh, but just TippettStudios.com yeah. is where it is, T-I-P-P-E-T-T. And then in the fall, he's going to have a, a Kickstarter a for Kickstarter it. for Chapter 2. It's badass. Like It's, it's really just cool. gorgeous. He uses stop motion. Yeah. And uh, is a project that he had for uh, 20 years ago, and he is archiving just all the stuff he shot digitally. And some people who are archiving is like, hey, man, what's this? This is awesome. We should continue this. And they decided they're going to continue it. One of the neatest things about that story is just the fact that like all these young guys who aren't really into all this like physical like stop motion kind of effects saw that stuff and just saw it as an opportunity to really get their hands dirty mm-hmm. in in the kind of effects that they grew up uh, you know loving so it's just a really neat story yeah uh we also talked to the writer and director and co-writer of a movie called Delivery yeah uh Brian Netto and Adam Schindler they're really cool guys we bonded we um walked to this meet and greet and obviously we're you know at Telluride, we're kind of really the only press there. Yeah. Um, they have other people around, but we're really like the only ones that have a presence. Yeah. And what was really cool is Brian kind of sought us out, and he saw us coming in, and he said, hey, man, how's it going? And one, I didn't even know right away that he was a, a director there, because we just started talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. And then we found out that he is a director, and he directed this movie called Delivery, which uh, we'll get into a little later, but... Um, and... I found out too that he was a associate producer on Parker, and I and he told me that uh, his job was they were pulling all these people from so many places, and the sound and a lot of the shots weren't very good. So his job was to basically do ADR and find people and make sure they recorded it and produce it and make sure that it was done properly and in, under yeah. budget and a really interesting story. And you know when you think about it, that stuff can happen on major movies. You know you never think of you know they could run into sound problems, but it happens. And uh, so, I, I, of course, I asked him, I said, dude, did you record? I need to know if you were on a wire with uh, Statham. And he said, probably. I don't remember. He's <laughs> like, what, what's wrong with you, dude? Um, <laughs> but I'm that much closer to getting Jason Statham on our show. Is that is that a goal now? Is that officially a goal? Well, yeah. First, it's Robert Downey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embarrass the shit out of myself, though, because my first question is going to be, how come you don't do better movies more often um, he makes cool movies. He's going to kick me in the throat. It's yeah, dude, that'd be happen. awesome. Say that to him. And then maybe he'll give you a roundhouse kick. Actually, that movie he's got coming up with uh, with James Franco kind of looks badass. Like, mm-hmm. there's some cool stuff in there. The trailer tells me too much, but anyway. Mm, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we talked to a few other people. Um, thanks to Ted of Tell Your Ride Horror. Nice guy. Oh, yeah. And a great little festival he's got going there. Bigger this year. It's it's doing well. 
Um, and if I were if I were you, I would find a way to see Fist of Jesus if it's coming to your town. Oh yeah, um, so many great shorts. It's because it's so zany that you I can't even describe it. It's it's called Fist of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, man, yep. and it's clearly touring because uh, pretty well because it was at uh, Mile High Horror the week yep. before that. So yeah, you know, we also didn't talk. We were at Mile High Horror last week. Oh, that's right. We didn't. And about um, it. We, oh, we, we technically recorded before we mm-hmm. were at the show. That's right. Wow. Um, so we had a lot of fun there too. D- got some good interviews. Dan Myrick, Jonathan Tiersten, and Jeffrey Reddick came on the show again. Yeah, it was fun hearing about Dan's new project. It sounds really creepy. Oh, absolutely. Um, Timothy Quill. Timothy Quill from Army of Darkness and Spider Man shared some great stories of Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell and stories that he did. I remember he was talking to us about his um, that he was a teacher and yeah. that he loved to teach swimming and water polo. And his real profession is he's a long time substitute teacher and he only shows up when sam raimi calls us hey i uh i need uh comedic <laughs> uh i need some comedy in this or something yeah and I, I actually found out something new about army of darkness that when he was telling the story that they've realized that they're going to go in over budget and they went to see dino de Laurentiis, who produced the movie and <clears throat> bruce campbell sam raimi and rob tapper were all the producers of the film and they said you know, hey, we need more money. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll give it to you. And as they were leaving, he says, okay, and I'm taking $100,000 from you, $100,000 from you, and $100,000 from you. Yeah. And then Sam Raymond says, okay, I'm going to make any movie I want then. And so <laughs> he made the movie he wanted to make. And that that's awesome. Yeah. And you, you'll be able to listen to all these interviews coming up uh, very shortly. They're all really fun. Yeah, it was a good couple of weekends there. So thanks, everybody, who came in and gave us an opportunity to talk to them. Had good times. Fan mail. Fan mail! Benjamin Urbach said, I'm so bad with microphones, damn it. Uh, Benjamin Urbach was on our show last week, and he is a local filmmaker, and he would talk, and he kept on turning his head away. But uh, Brad will tell you that I do that, too, so <laughs> it's really not your fault. And I've done 140 of the, well, more than that. I, I did Nebcast, too. I don't know how many podcasts I've done. <laughs> Hundreds, two hundreds of them. Well, back in the day, we had the headsets. Uh, oh, so that's right. It wasn't really an issue. Oh mm. man, remember that? Remember when we were using headsets and just like bending the mics around and yeah, listening and it, to the what audio. What was cool is, is we were driving back from Telluride. I had this uh, Kevin Smith and uh, Jay and Silent Bob get old, and some guy asked him about building an audience with podcasting. And everything that Kevin said to do, we've already done. Mm. He said, "Tell people create." Uh, Lots of episodes, so people know that you're, you know, constant. And what's really funny is he said because then people will find you, then go back and listen to your old ones. I don't know if you guys have looked at our iTunes stuff lately, but our most popular ones are the ones that are like from the our 30s and our 40s hmm. and our new one. So that means people are going back and downloading our old stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Ben, don't worry about it. I don't recommend you go back and listen to the old ones. Some of them are not good. Yeah. If it bugs you that much, just come back. Record another episode. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome back anytime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He was fun. I was thinking about making little uh, instruction cards to lay out in front of the guests when they come that shows, like, the field of sound. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I was thinking about some more. Like, if you could just imagine yourself talking into the very bottom of the mic, like, that's where your voice needs to catch. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. So if you think about it, it needs to get to the bottom of the mic, then it's like you'll... You'll you'll line it up yeah. the way it should work best. That's actually pretty true. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. But you also don't want to tell guests that you're stupid 
Here's yeah, a hey, idiot. Here, here, oh, yeah. here, here's a diagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have any woods on it because we don't want to confuse you. Um, Jonathan Tiersten text nerds to us. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't mention uh, Mike Tack, who had a short yeah. at Mile High Horror. He's uh, just, just giving a shout out. He We interviewed with him. And he also wants to know when it'll be up. Hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, we've Brad on our drive was a was a productive drive for Brad. He edited all our Comic Con interviews, so those <laughs> should be up really soon. The remaining ones that aren't Fubar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those should be up really soon. How long before those are up, Brad? Uh, you know, if I, uh, I don't know, <laughs> next week maybe. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So cool, soon. Cool. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on still, so yeah, it's just tough. So they'll be up soon. Promise. Yeah. And uh, then uh, Mac Robonics, Bree, was going to try to make a Telluride, but he's still under the weather, and, I, and it's a long drive, and he's going to drive by himself. And oh, like yeah. I said, dude, if you want to come, you know, you can hang with us, but, you know, it's a long drive. But uh, he said he got to see Ill Bill and Q Unique instead, and he tweeted us a picture. So cool. Good for you, man. That's it. What's cool. Ill Bill and Q Unique? Um, It's some sort of hip-hop group. Oh. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That was a movie. Nope. All right. Cool. Yeah. And also, oh, guys, uh, you guys met the one last little bit of fan mail that we have is my cousin Lisa came and hung out with us at Telluride. Yeah. Because she lives in Montrose. People mail. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you a story about my cousin. (laughs) 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 So my cousin Lisa lives in Montrose, which is about an hour outside of Telluride, and she went to the Telluride Film Festival this year. I hate her. And while she was there, she was telling this story about, I forget if she was in Gravity or was it Prisoners she was in? Uh, no, she was in uh, 12 Years a Slave, I think. Was it 12 Years a Slave? Yeah. Uh, well, she had to go to the bathroom like towards the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and I guess she didn't want to leave because the director was like two rows behind her, but she had to go really bad. Oh, you're right. That was Gravity. I think it was Gravity. Yeah, yeah. Alfonso Cuaron was right behind her. So she got up because she just couldn't hold it. And she ran out, went to the bathroom to take a piss. And as she was coming out, she ran into Michael Fassbender and touched his arm. Yeah, she did. And that's the story from my cousin this week. <laughs> Man, it would have been really good if she could have told that story instead. I know because you're just not as good as I'm it. not as good as her. And yeah. so now my goal is I'm gonna I'm gonna write to her every week on Facebook. I'm like, hey Lisa, tell me another story. <laughs> <laughs> tell us your Hollywood stories. Yeah, yeah. Remember that one time that you touched Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm. But you thought his hair was gross. Thought his hair was really long. Hey, hey, do you think uh, Sierra's listening right now? She's really jealous of that story. Oh, I bet <laughs> she is. Oh, yeah. Does yeah, Sierra no. have a crush on Brad Pitt? No, 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 no Michael, uh, Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Oh, Fassbender. Hardcore for the Fassbender. He's awesome. Yeah. Everybody yeah. loves him. If I ran into him in the bathroom, I'd touch him. I'd touch him? Who cares? I'd touch him in the bathroom. Yeah. What? Um, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for writing in. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, now it's stuff we've been watching. You know, I, yeah. my brain's been fried. It maybe, was. A, it's a long week. It's been a long couple weeks, so maybe yeah. it's, you know, you know, getting back into the groove of things. But here, here's stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Oh, fuck, dude. I watch so much fucking shit, fuck. Oh I know. God. I was with you at the festival. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Uh, so, the really the first thing I watched... Um, 
Well, there's a few things. I watched Jason Goes to Hell on Blu-ray again. Um, still not a good movie. Um, maybe my it's. What happens in that one? Uh, Jason's. It's like the essence of Jason. It's not really Jason. Is able to body swap until he gets back to the. It's so convoluted. I couldn't even tell you the uh, the story um, because they changed the the rules of the movie so much that. It so is he matter. like jumping in and out of like other teens? Uh, other and bodies, the, and then the teens are like hacking each other with uh, n- it's not teens it's older people it's like what? the essence of jason is a demon what good is a jason movie if there aren't like teens having sex well there's like one scene in it where someone is oh, okay um the big controversy on the blu-ray box set is it's not unrated um they put the rated version on it okay um isn't and it's really stupid the, the only scene that really matters i mean obviously there's more gore and the effects are done by kmb so they look pretty good cool um, but there's at the beginning, the coroner's eating Jason's heart because Jason gets spoils. It gets blown up at the very beginning. The coroner. So the coroner who's doing his autopsy, it's so stupid. He's doing an autopsy on Jason, but he's already in pieces. One, so he hasn't even like, isn't he supernatural? He's been dead for forever now. Yeah. So anyways, um, the heart starts beating and the coroner eats it and the unrated cut. It's like another 20 seconds of him eating the heart with blood and guts going everywhere. And the rated cut, I haven't seen the rated cut in forever because I've only had the unrated on DVD. Um, and it's so it cuts like 20 seconds. And then there's a scene that they added because when they first filmed it, everybody hated the movie. <laughs> and so the people at New Line so said, they said, let's make it longer. <laughs> yeah. Well, the people at New Line says, you don't have any like Friday the 13th stuff in here. There was no campers being killed. There was really no slasher scenes. There's really no yeah. sex scenes. So the guy went back and he filmed. Um, people having sex while camping while camping. getting slashed getting slashed exactly yeah. uh, it's, it's real um <laughs> and uh, there's yeah there's a part where um the girl in the tent is riding the guy which in the unrated cut you see like, like a horse yeah like, like a he's, horse like he's, she's sitting on his back uh no she's sitting on his cock oh. so um and they show like it, it's pretty graphic like sex and and then a uh, pole goes through her and she gets split in half. You mean his dick? Uh, no, it's a pole that Jason has. It's, oh, okay. But it's not really Jason. It's the corner who ate his heart. Okay. Yeah. But in his the reflection, it shows Jason's reflection. Yeah, dude, it's stupid. Um, anyway, so she gets jammed and she gets split in half and they cut that whole scene out. Except for like a little bit of the nudity and like blood spraying on the other guy. Huh. But you don't see her getting s- split in half. That's the only difference. But, you know, you really don't miss anything. It doesn't make the movie any better. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. So, um, again, horrible direction, horrible script. It's, in fact, it's written by a guy who went on to write a bunch of episodes for Arrested Development. His name's Dean Laurie. Really? Yeah. Huh. Well, clearly not a horror writer. And even Sean S. Cunningham, who's the producer of the first Friday the 13th and the second one, took a break, bought the rights back to Jason, and the first movie he made was Jason Goes to Hell. My Friday the 13th book, he said, yeah, that's a horrible movie. <laughs> Even he thought it was shitty. In, um, he said, in, it, you should, the Friday the 13th book is really cool. Uh, he said, you know, I wanted to give young people an opportunity to direct a movie. And I gave it to him. It's his vision, what he wanted to do. And when he delivered the movie to me, it was not good. So I'll yeah. never make that mistake again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now I only have old people direct my movies. And he, uh, Jason X was directed by actually his son's friend, oh. uh, Jim Isaacs, who actually I think Jason X isn't poorly directed. I just think um, there's some parts where it suffers, which I'll see this week at the Alamo. Um, so if you're around there, come see me. What day of the week is that? Uh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday? Hmm. 
If you want to go, I think I'm going to see Captain Phillips before, too. Yeah. Captain Phillips at 6.30. Jason X is at 9.45. Maybe. I'll be there. Uh, I also watched The Curse of Chucky. I think it's just Curse of Chucky. I don't think there's a the in it. Um, and I actually think it's the second best Child's Play movie, or Chucky movie, I really? guess. Really? Because of a complete lack of Jennifer Tilly? Uh, no. Um, she's actually in the movie. Spoilers. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but what's really cool about this movie is it it's really slow. And that might sound stupid, <laughs> but sometimes in slasher movies, if you slow it down and let the characters breathe and yeah. enjoy things, um, enjoy, they don't really enjoy anything, but you like get some depth to them. It actually makes it more interesting when Chucky shows up. And so the premise of this movie is, I actually thought this was a reboot, uh, hmm. watching it because they were talking about how it was a little different and Chucky, and it looks like Chuck. Well, a little better, but he looks like Chucky from the old ones where he doesn't have, like, the missing s- scars and stitches all over his face. Yeah. And uh, so in it, it's this mother and daughter, and the daughter's paralyzed, and her mom is, like, overprotective of her. And one day they get a package, and the package is Chucky. And no one knows why. It just shows up, and they think it's a mistake. And, of course, you know, you get him, and Chucky says, You're my friend to the end! And so he's still really cute. Um, but it kind of goes into like a haunted house movie where the movie takes place just in a house and Chucky starts showing up in different places and everyone's, you know, saying, well, hey, wait a minute, I didn't leave the doll there. What's it doing here? And th- there's a really great scene when Chucky actually, they show him come to live, even though he's already been there. Um, the girl whose handicap is making everybody um, dinner because Chucky killed her mom. Obviously, no one knows that yet, but and you don't see Chucky do it. You just know yeah. Chucky did it. And so he, she's making chili for everybody. And so she goes out, and her little niece pushes her out of her wheelchair. And in there, Chucky runs in and grabs rat poison and pours it into one of the, the chili bowls. So everybody served chili, and everybody's eating it. And they're zooming in on Chucky's eyes, and he's looking around because no one knows who has the rat poison. And it's really cool. And you're just like, oh, dude, who the fuck has rat poison? And the little girl starts choking. But then there's also a priest there, and he starts like sweating, and he gets in a car accident because he got rat poisoned. So it's a really cool, suspenseful scene, and you, the little girl starts saying that Chucky's talking to her, and you, you obviously everybody knows that you know Chucky's talking to her, but they kind of slowly build yeah. Chucky coming to life, and then there's this great part where um, they're all there for the her grandma's funeral, and the little girl says, uh, the mom says, well, why don't you say your prayers and go to bed? And she says, I don't want to say my prayers. And she says, why? She says, because Chucky says there's no God. He says life is a bitch and then you get stuck like a pig and you bleed like a son of a bitch. <laughs> and, uh, um, and, it's, and then you just, how she, the little girl says it, sounds like Chucky would say it. Yeah. And it's, it's really clever. And what's really cool is they keep uh, animatronic Chucky, except for one scene where it's CGI and it looks bad. Like oh, he's yeah. he's walking downstairs as in CGI, um, and they just didn't have a budget straight to DVD. Right. But th- overall, the movie's pretty good. And um, when they actually have Chucky as an animatronic Chucky, it looks great because now you have twenty five years of more technology. Yeah. And then they just actually then they start recalling the earlier um, Chucky movies, and again, so it's it's like a retelling, but kind of a reboot. It's, yeah. And it's then a, a, it's in like a. Not necessarily a reboot because it's in canon, but you don't need the canon. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
because there's uh, there's one part where uh, the mom is looking for uh, her sister, the girl in the wheelchair, the mom of the little girl, um, and she sees that Chucky's upstairs. And she looks at Chucky really closely, and she starts peeling off his face, and he starts having all the stitches on him. So someone mm. fixed Chucky up yeah. and uh, sent him to these people. Mm. And watch Curse of Chucky, and you can find out why. Oh. I'm, I'm amazed that that movie is any good. I, I'm shocked. It should Because I'm not even that big of a fan of Child's Play. Yeah. I like a couple of them, but one, you know, the acting in it's really bad. Yeah. The and the, the premise is, is yeah. so often silly that, like... Yeah. And huh. it, I like it because they t- traded it a little more seriously. Yeah. And they made Chucky, like, I still don't think Chucky's that scary, but, right. you know, still fun. Because you kind of think, like, why don't you just fucking kick him? <laughs> yeah, right. Because well, once he's revealed to be evil, like, you just pick him up by his hair and <laughs> swing him around your head till his neck pops and you're done. I, I did, they did have a shot of, like, a midget walking in Chucky's, like, costume down the stairs. So that was, like, a rehash from the old ones because... Whenever Chucky, they'd show like an overhead shot of Chucky walking. It'd always be like a kid or a midget in a Chucky <laughs> costume. Um, oh, wow. And uh, the last thing we watched, we actually saw at Mile High Horror, and we all can talk about it, is uh, we saw Bad Milo, which... I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, well, Brad kept on falling asleep. <laughs> you yeah. were there, but uh, on, our, on our drive to Telluride, as we were talking about that movie, we realized that you don't remember anything about it because you slept through like the strategic parts. Yeah, all, all I saw, all I saw of the movie was uh, he gets the butt demon, and <laughs> the butt demon comes out, and then everyone's trying to explain the butt demon for the rest of the movie, and then. The town is upset with him, and then movie's over. That's all I remember. Now, you explain it that way, and that is actually kind of what happens. I mean, in fact, that's kind of what's wrong with the movie is that, um, I don't know. Like, it's like they weren't sure what the premise, so they just like really well, tried they, to sell it. But they knew what the, like, yeah, there's this whole premise, but then they like they try to explain Milo so much that you don't actually get a lot of time with just like, Hey, here's what Milo here's Milo doing some crazy shit and like And I think that's the biggest problem with it. It doesn't go far enough. Yeah. Like it's if you're gonna make a movie about a dude who shits out a demon that kills people, <laughs> it needs to be really funny and it needs to push the limits. Yeah. Not just him going around going <laughs> Yeah. And then you know, they make Milo like cute and everything, and there's some um funny scenes where Milo and um, I remember Ken Marino's character's name, but they like mm. they bond. Yeah, and then you know he comes in because he's trying to teach Milo not to eat people, which isn't really clearly stated why. And then yeah. he goes there and he's like, "Dick move, Milo. That is a dick move because he ate like he just tore the place up." Um, but they they spend so much time trying to like explain the world. Like there's so much exposition. All those scenes with uh, Peter Stormare as mm-hmm. his psychiatrist as like like. I don't know what the point of it is. Um, Again, it, it's not it's zany just, enough. Yeah, and not funny enough. Yeah, they just they, they waste way too much time on on trying to set things up. And uh, especially if something produced by the Duplass brothers, you expect it to be yeah, like a little more subverse, like with the you know what I mean, and it's just a little different. Or to go the other way and be more um, more dramatic and really have something to say. Mm-hmm. But the whole lesson about like him being stressed out and not wanting to commit to things or, you know, being stressed out about having a kid, like, that doesn't really feel like it goes anywhere useful. I agree. Um, like, him, he as a, as a character and, and those those issues that he's having are not fleshed out well enough for me to really feel like he's struggling. So Yeah, and the funniest character in that movie was his mom's boyfriend. Yeah. 
<laughs> where he's talking about how he fucks his mom and stuff. <laughs> mm. We don't have that problem. Yeah. In fact, I, we have the opposite problem. <laughs> the, um, yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, but, it's not great. Yeah, it's just, I I just want it to be more. Like, if you're going to go crazy, just go crazy. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing I can say about, uh, what's that movie you liked last year from Troma? Father's Day. Father's Day. At least that's going to push the boundaries, and they know what they, they're they going to do. Yeah. But when you have a, a premise like that where it's out of control and you restrain everything, then it's just boring. Not funny enough. You know. Yeah. Just not enough to take away. I don't know. Yep. That's I mean, I, I, clearly, if it was boring enough, that Brad fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure part of it was that I was tired, but, you know. But, but still, it, it's, it's not going to keep your interest. So, and the movie is only an hour and 20 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like two it hours. It felt like two, well over two. Yeah. There's just, I don't think there's anything that's going to make me like try to come back and watch it. Uh, and we also watched a movie at Telluride Horror. It wasn't its debut. We saw All, All Hallows' Eve. That was a debut there. Blah. And, um, but... The movie that I liked, and it's my battery of this year, um, is a movie called Delivery. Um, Delivery is a story about a couple that are trying to have a child, and the child is uh, possessed, or is the mom possessed, or are they being haunted? There's something wrong with the baby. There's something wrong with the child. Um the poster has a great tagline where it's uh, not <laughs> every child is welcome or something is a, like that. Is a blessing. Is a blessing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool about this movie is it's a found footage movie. Sort of. But what makes it more clever than your average found footage movie is it starts off as a TLC kind, uh, kind of reality show where there's a reason why there's people filming what's happening to this lady. And her husband is that they're filming a show for TLC where it's their firstborn. And what's really cool is, you know, it's a horror movie, but it starts off. And the first 25 minutes are literally the pilot of this reality show where they're, oh, this is this is our firstborn baby. Yeah. It's all, all this like really saccharine looking shots and like all the silly shit you see on mm-hmm. John and Kate plus whatever. Um and it's really well done. It is. Like they just get that tone perfect. And it's it's actually really unsettling because it starts off so funny. It does. And I mean, this isn't spoilers. We won't spoil what happens at the end cuz it's horrible, but um <laughs> I mean, it's a good it's, it's a, good, a good, horrible. good horrible. Yeah. But it starts off they say this is Rachel's video diary that she filmed and she died 6 months after this was shot. And then again, we also saw Willow Creek, and which is Bobcat Goldwaite's uh, found footage movie about and, uh, about Bigfoot. Sasquatch, and yeah. it, that one played just like Blair Witch. Yeah. I mean, it even had the same beats as Blair Witch. Where yeah. in Blair Witch, they go and interview town people, then they go and get lost. Um, this one, though, they you know, I said, why does everybody have to die in you know found footage movies? And this one is a little more clever than that. Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but something happens at the end that is way different than any found footage, and it takes chances. Um, James wasn't as big a fan of it as I was. No, 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 no. That's not. I mean, I I did really like it, um, and I like it more now than I did 
like walking out, I guess. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where, because I'm not like a real horror fan, um, honestly, I was more, I think I was almost more tepid because I felt like I was making exceptions for it and being like, hey, this is actually pretty good and that you guys were going to hate it. Um, so bizarrely, I think that ended up coloring how I felt walking out of the theater. I think it is. I think it's a really well-made movie. I think it's one of those where if you're the kind of person who likes those movies, you're going to love this one. Um, so, yeah. And talking to the guys, you'll hear our interview with them in the future, but, you know, they like the paranormal activity movies. Um, I'm not a fan of them. Yeah. Because my biggest problem with the paranormal activity movies is even though you don't know something's going to happen you know something's going to happen just by the way it's shot and paranormal activities always have and this movie had it a little bit but they always have like this rumble like this <sighs> and and paranormal activity movies rely on oh look over here and the camera goes and then something's gonna drop out of midair yeah loud noises loud noises <laughs> and that's that's how they're making you jump yeah, it's all just jump scares, and it's it's really cheap jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um, because like Insidious has jump scares, but they're well done. Um, or at least Insidious two, obviously, because mm-hmm. I didn't see the first one. So that's my problem with Paranormal Activity movies. This movie is a slow burn. Yeah, you they make you be there with the characters. All of the horror is from the tension that they build, not from. I mean, there there is one like, oh, the door's shut on their own shot, but it's uh it's done a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good little movie. It is. Um, Brad, what do you think? Uh, I thought it was creepy, really <laughs> creepy. And I liked how they they start off the movie with like uh, making it all sweet and you know humorous, and then it just descends into despair and uh, madness. And I would say that towards the end, it seems like they tried to fit in every cliched like demonic example of why. Th- uh, what was going on? I I, I felt like because they do like a three month update and a six month update and then a nine month update and it's like at the end of the day like we've we're kind of on the the track that it's possessed yeah <laughs> that there's this this Alistair thing going on Alistair um so it's just like okay here's just one more creepy example they threw in because it's cool yeah it's like I don't need to see every one of them you know we can kind of just get to the end a little faster but um other than that like it was effective like I was really like oh god. Where is this going? <laughs> yeah. See, I, I felt I sort of felt that way more in the middle, where, where I I knew like when when I knew that there were demons going on and that the characters didn't, and that 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 area that that section went on for so long, where I was like, when are these people just gonna figure out that there's demons so that they can start being afraid? Like, mm-hmm. um, but looking at it as a whole, I think it is really well made, and and that that pacing is is there for a reason. Um, so. And, you know, he uh, Brian said in the interview, too, and Adam both said that, you know, the point was is they w- they kind of like the idea that it's open-ended. Yeah. That everybody comes away with a different interpretation of what happened in the movie. So it's it's really <laughs> even, cool. Even ones that are not entirely supported by what you what you actually see on screen. Yeah. Um, which is cool. So, yeah, that, that, that was a cool movie. Um, the Willow Creek is all right. I, I love the two characters in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Willow Creek is is actually great, except for the fact that it's found footage. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you know, it's even great as a found footage until yeah, like the twenty minute sequence is, is is impressive, I guess. But it's that it's the fact that all found footage movies like that have to end the same. I know, and you know, I that, said that too. You know, it, it just 
why do they have to kill everybody? And why is it always so ominous? Like, you know, something happens and the camera just drops. Yeah. And then you hear sounds. My biggest frustration is when the characters get lost in the woods. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, because it's such a found footage thing that I really didn't want that ha- to have to be what the movie did. And because it it really undermines those characters. So where, like, they did such a great job working on those characters and making me care about them that then when you do that, I just feel like, oh, well, these people are fucking idiots. Well, yeah, yeah. like you went into the woods, you went into these crazy woods without a gun or a GPS system. Well, too, and that, or, well, or a way to find your way back. Was her boyfriend was such like a Bigfoot expert? Don't you think he would kind of know where it was at, and he would know how to get back? Well, and I think he thought he did on the way there, but then it's like this inevitable like. I, I hate when characters get lost in movies like that because you feel like there is this supernatural force making them get lost. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're in Cube or something like that. And it, it shouldn't feel that way. Like, that totally undermines the the tension and the horror of being out there in the woods um, and also undermines those characters as having been interesting real people who now all of a sudden are just, like, fodder. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Yeah, I thought it would have been more interesting, like if it wasn't uh, at the end, you know, Sasquatch. <laughs> like I was more interested in, tr- like, what kept my attention in the movie was like, is is this actually Sasquatch or is it these hillbillies? Yeah, trying to screw with them. Um, so I would prefer to either like they just bring about their own destruction with their their worry, or if it was actually you know a bunch of rednecks. Was it clear that them. it was Sasquatch? Oh. Um, no, it's not entirely clear. Yeah, it's it's a bit ambiguous, but. Like but the way I, I left I mean, the movie, I, I felt it like it was. was. Yeah. yeah, I mean that these people worshipped it or something is yeah. what, what I got from exactly. Yeah, look at us just spoil the one we didn't like very much. <laughs> We're telling everybody to go <laughs> see delivery. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll I want to say though, like what would have been badass is uh, and some some fan footage movie should do this. At the end, you have whatever the bad guy thing is. Uh, it would have to be a person in order for this to happen. But have them attack the people and steal the camera and film them killing the people or mm-hmm. hunting the people. Yeah. You know, like, and then the, the, then the people could theoretically get away, but then the camera then isn't like controlled by the person who's chasing those people mm-hmm. like that, that something like that would be a fresh way to, to do these movies. Um, rather than just like, Oh, the camera falls on the ground. I bet they're dead now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I don't know. Brad, what else, what else did you watch this week? My turn? Yeah. Mm, I watched The Critic again. <laughs> I haven't seen that show in years. Man. Yeah, I haven't seen that in years. Um, I watched Friday the 13th, Part 5 and 8. Because you just don't like your life right now? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I've seen the other ones so many times, and like with what you're saying on the show, I want to refresh myself. Mm-hmm. And um, Are those the real bad ones? Five is five is. That, I mean, because that's the one that you got, you talked about. Oh, last the five week. is my least favorite one. Half the cast is like, okay, this is a serious Friday Thirteenth movie, and their half the cast is like, a, like, goofy, clownish, over the top caricatures of people. Like, um, yeah, it's so, just like I think I passed that. Like, I just stopped paying attention. Well, after what's a while. stupid is you know when you watch it, there's you know the Vic guy who murders the Joey. At the the kidding, like the fat kid eating yeah, chocolate. Yeah, eating chocolate. Yeah. Like, why is that dude chopping wood? Yeah. Like, just randomly chopping wood in the middle of the day for no apparent reason. At you this, mean, like, like Burke style? Yeah. At this mental home for, like, wayward kids. Yeah, this mental, who has a, he has a violent past for wayward kids and they give him an axe. <laughs> like, yeah. And then those, the two, like, greasers in it. Why were those guys in it? 
Wait, is it set in the past? No. Why are there greasers? No, there's... Right? There's, like, the two greaser no. guys who... Tommy Jarvis gets admitted to this mental home. Yeah, but the the greaser kids... Like I said, they're all caricatures of things. Yeah, the, uh, but the greaser kids wow. have nothing to do with the mental home. Yeah. The kids, like, who are, like... Uh, their car breaks down on the side of the road, and he's like, a-rat-a-tat-a-tooey, a rat a tat a <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've totally forgotten that there, part. Is their car, like, a 1958 Chevy? It is. I'm oh not my joking. God. <laughs> and it breaks awesome. down, and they're wearing, like, black leather. They look like they're the greasers. <laughs> yeah. In the story, it always cuts away to, like, something happening somewhere outside the home, like, anywhere. I don't know where. Like, there's the place of the diner, I guess. Yeah. That couple gets murdered I, <laughs> yeah right it's and then just like for a girl to show her boobs yeah that's all that scene yeah. was for and it, gratuitous for friday 13th is like weird but it is yeah in eight i kind of like more it's not great but like the opening of the movie has this like <laughs> 80s synth pop song and even Ooh. the like the, really upbeat it's like that's not scary and the <laughs> font for the like during the credits is really like 80s like uh, i can't even describe it but it's not like it. horror movie. It's I know they had the official logo at the beginning. Yeah, so the cool like, thing it's like was a lethal weapon opening. It is. The last time I saw it, it was on VHS, and this time I was watching on DVD. And uh, in Times Square, in the very back, towards like that one middle part of Times Square, before the roads uh, divide, there's yeah. a giant Batman poster at the bottom for Batman in 1989. Oh wow! So that was sweet to see. Yeah, you know, I saw that too for watching it on uh, Blu-ray for the first time, and I forgot to say that to you is like oh my god and it's like a really cool like emblem yeah it's just the symbol which like was all you needed <laughs> back in 1989 <laughs> yeah. it was just a poster of the bat symbol and yeah i i don't think eight is as bad as people say it is i i do like the it's just lame because the title promises like oh he's gonna go yeah. to this highly populous area and waste everybody and even when he goes there he's still just chasing after those kids like he's on a subway filled with people yeah, and he doesn't is. waste anyone but those kids yeah that's the only part that's weird because if it, if I made a Jason movie and he was on a subway, I'd have him butchering people getting to those kids. Yeah. I mean, that sounds horrible, but I mean, like, to me, that sounds like yeah. more of his character. Like, they're not even connected with his past. Like, he has no personal connection. So, like, why does he find it necessary only to kill the kids on the boat? I guess he's pissed because they got away from him is the only thing I could even think <laughs> his of. His pride's hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a very prideful serial killer. Yeah. Oh, but Jason's hurt ego Jason. can get bruised. Is he a serial killer anymore or is he just a mass murderer? If you've killed over 200 people, I guess that makes you a mass murderer, right? It's yeah. not a serial yeah. killer anymore. Well, but if you're already dead, are you anything at all? That's true. Are you just a force? But I, I, I do like, uh, in that, there are some cool kills. I like when he drowns that old dude in the toxic war, or like the barrel, I think is really cool. Oh, yeah. Although it's, of all the things, he throws him out of that building first, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the deaths are kind of tame. Yeah. It's it's not really toxic waste, so I think it's just you know yeah, it's just like gross, gross rainwater because like it's the Aww. dirtiest New York you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was Actually, like I think it's even like, Canada. <laughs> it is Canada. Yeah. I was picturing like you know Batman acid, you know where you drop yeah. him in and then he pulls it up and it's nothing but a skeleton. It looks like that, but I mean it's it's not. Yeah, it, it's so. cool because it takes like a a real supernatural approach to who Jason is. Mm-hmm. So he'll be like when he, that guy gets thrown out of the window, he's walking and that dude's running away from jason but jason somehow is able to be up catch him. The, yeah catch he him. like teleports in this movie a lot yeah, yeah. And it's just i think it's just proving that he's a supernatural entity that he's always around yeah it's interesting in the beginning like the first kill is that one rocker chick yeah. <laughs> who just plays her guitar in the bowels of the ship because <laughs> yeah, like, it's cool and then like he's just you know she's oh, running all man, over the place man, but he's still catching up to her for a music video <laughs> yeah how do you defeat jason in a jason movie 
Uh, and this one, he ever? gets uh, drenched with sewage and then turns into a little boy. Yeah. <laughs> this one doesn't make any sense. Um, I like My favorite one, again, is part six. And in that one, Tommy Jarvis's character, because they just decide they're not going to count part five, um, <laughs> he is able to tie a chain and a rock around Jason's neck and sink him to the bottom of the lake. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. Sure. And that movie's really well done. Um, I think an eight, a lightning bolt strikes him underwater. Uh, no, remember the anchor drags across electrical cable. Oh, it's touching Jason. Still electricity. <laughs> yeah, it's electricity. <laughs> um, yeah, this, yeah, and you know, that's part seven. That's one of my biggest problems is how they kill him. Like that her dad jumps out of the lake mm-hmm. and drags Jason under too. That doesn't make any sense. And that's they started making less sense when he became supernatural um, besides six, which is cool. Uh, and I mean, in part three, he just takes an ax in the head. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that's when he was more, mortal, more yeah. mortal. And then in part four, he gets his face sawed in half. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm trying to, I've got, I've got like a Halloween playlist that I'm working through and that's where yeah, trends yeah. I want to uh, hit again. Stay tuned for our website. I think tomorrow or the day after I'll put up my 101 favorite horror movies. <laughs> Man. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to make like a top 10 of things you should check out. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. And then the other thing I, last thing I watched was Laugh You Bastards web series on YouTube. That was funny. I think one of my favorite gags is the, uh, the glory hole. It's a sketch comedy, um, show. From, you're going to have to describe it to people. Yeah. I was like, yeah. you guys know, but they don't, uh, yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a, you know, it's like, a sketch comedy series from like uh local Colorado uh friends who just try to be funny and you know they're like 15 minute how many episodes do they have uh i think they have there's two seasons and uh there's six each but online on youtube which youtube.com slash laugh you bastards um they uh they're missing four episode four of the first season i can't mm-hmm. find it on their playlist so i don't know if it's a joke like, uh, <laughs> there's six episodes. Like but, the Terrence and Phillip episode of South Park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, well, like watching it over, uh, uh, again for like the second time, the, the, like I, I see the progression of like the production quality of their web series gets a lot better. It's pretty cool. impressive. So cool. Um, yeah, there's some funny stuff in there. Yeah. Check that out. Is that it? Yep. What do you watch, James? I watch a bunch of stuff. Um, American Horror Story started oh, yeah, back. I watched that too. I yeah, uh, Coven is the new series or season because um, each each year is its own like new story. Uh, and this one, like everybody switches. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely some really cool stuff in there. This season's got Emma Roberts and um, uh, Tessa Formiga. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I get, you tell me she's in the first season, mm-hmm. I just didn't remember. Um, Jessica Lang is of course back, uh, and every, well, all, all the all the big ones from before. And oh, uh, they added um, Kathy Bates. Kathy and Bates, Angela Bassett. Yeah, Kathy Bates might be my favorite like new creepy thing that they added for that first episode. Um, she did drink the blood of slaves. Or, no, she used it for makeup or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's using it as makeup to keep her skin tight. Um, the 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 problem I have here is that because like everybody is a is uh, a witch and and we see their superpowers like right up front mm-hmm. um and and they give us so much of like oh okay there's like there's a super witch involved and like every witch has one power they're not like they're not like doing witchcraft or anything like that um 
it just feels like they're they're sort of blowing their load a little bit earlier, if you will. Um, where my hope is that that just means that there's a lot of really crazy, ridiculous shit that's going to happen. Because I don't think this show is good horror. Like, I don't think it's smart horror. I think it's just shocking and, like, weird. Mm-hmm. And that that's where the draw is for me. So if, uh, I mean, you know, it could be they've got, like, a really cool story to tell. But um, I'm just a little bit tepid yeah. or afraid right now. Right. Yeah, it, it was it was okay. And definitely uh, I'm interested in, in keeping... In, uh, <laughs> Watching it some more. Uh, I also got a chance to see Trance, which is the most recent Danny Boyle movie. Uh, basically, Trance is a movie where um, about drugs. No, 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 no. There are no. Well, there are drugs, but there yeah, are. I thought so. It's Danny Boyle. Nobody does drugs. Uh, James Mac's Mac McAvoy, sorry, um, is like he's working at a art gallery, and basically, some guys come in to rob the art gallery, and he grabs the most expensive painting and runs down this hallway and the guy's there and robs him um, or steals the painting from him and it's in like a bag and then hits him with a shotgun and like sort of knocks him out. Uh, And then the bad guy gets to wherever the bad guy was going and opens up the bag and the painting's not in there. And James McAvoy, the cops get there and they take him to the hospital and when he wakes up, he doesn't remember anything from that, like that day really Mm -hmm. because he got hit on the head so hard. Um, and he, um, basically he kept that painting somewhere. Like he was able to sneak it out of that bag. Um, but nobody knows where, and of course it's worth a lot of money. So the bad guys come and they start like harassing him. And this is like in the first 10 minutes, I'm really not giving anything away. Um, they like kidnap him and torture him to try and get him to remember. And then what they end up doing is they take him to a hypnotherapist to try and get him to unlock those memories in his head. Um, and then there, there is this whole story sort of thing where they try to figure it out. Um, uh, it's not great, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. the, it's so convoluted and the, the way it ends, like the actual story that they are telling is so wrapped up inside of itself that I just became less and less interested the more we would find out. Um, and looking back on it now, like, yeah, I, I just really don't care. Um, I think it's you well said Rosario made, Dawson's naked in it. Is that? Y- yeah, and the reason that she like, it's like a there's this shot of her like full frontal walking down the hallway, and it's written into the script like there's a reason why that's there. Um, but it's just weird. It's one of my favorite shots in uh, Lawless when Jessica Chastain <laughs> is walking totally full frontal towards you. Uh, yeah, that was that, that was more fun. Um, because that movie was good, and then there was boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this was like, why is this here? Is this supposed to be important? <laughs> Do you think How they put it in there because I knew the movie wasn't good? They're like, let's add some DNA no, in this. No, they put it in. It is like an integral or an integral part to like what is actually going on. Um, sort, but only because they wrote it that way. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like it's an excuse to... Write it into it's the a, script to be it's a, Yeah, it's a clue into what's going on, but the clue is, like, why she gets naked is totally... I, I've said it up. before. I don't think Danny Boyle is a good director. I, I absolutely think he is. I um, don't. But here's the thing. I, I think if you look at Sunshine and Slumdog Millionaire and Millions and 28 Days Later, he's a great director. I think if you look at... Well, and, and even I really like 127 Hours, but there are some of his movies that... Yeah. I think he's obnoxious. Um... He, I see. That's the thing. Like the things that you find obnoxious about, like, like especially 127 hours where he's doing mm-hmm. all this like 
surrealism stuff, that's not really in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really the script of this movie that is the problem. Um, and I, I think he read it and thought like, oh man, this is so twisty and cool and like weird, you know, um, cause he is totally into that stuff. Uh, but I think this is one of those movies like, uh, like state of play where there's just way too many twists mm-hmm. and it just f- collapses in on itself. Um, because the twists become more important than the characters and no Will Smith. So I know Will Smith. Yeah. Too bad. I didn't see a Will Smith movie this week. Um, uh, masters of sex has been on for a couple of weeks on showtime and I finally got a chance to, to, uh, catch up on it. Basically it's a, it's a show about William masters who was a, uh, not a pediatrician or an OBGYN. He, he was like a sex doctor, fertility doctor. Uh, and he was really good at it and was making women pregnant left and right. Uh, except for his wife. Um, and he got really interested in like the science of what happens to people when they have sex. And so he started doing this study at his hospital and, uh, and he's trying to figure stuff out. And because it's showtime, they really like it cause there's a whole lot of nudity and hookers. Um, it's it's really good actually. I'm I'm enjoying the show so far. I'm like two three episodes in. Um, Lizzie Kaplan plays this woman who uh, she's not a nurse, but she gets a job at the ho- at the hospital and just is really interested in the the thing that he's doing. And I think through her character, you're seeing a lot of really interesting stories about the way that people approach sex in their relationships. Um, it's just. It's just interesting. Mm. Uh, I don't love any of the characters yet, but I think it's well made for sure. I, in my Entertainment Weekly, they said that you have to get past the first three episodes. Oh, yeah? yeah. Well, the first three are the only ones out. Yeah. So they, well, clearly I, they've seen more. Yeah, Entertainment Weekly, I think, watched the first six. Oh, okay. Um, Bo Bridges is in it. He's really good. And, uh, Michael Sheen is the main character. I like Michael Sheen. Yeah, Michael Sheen is great. He's really good as Luce in, in the Underworld movies. <laughs> He's really good in... Um, as that one dude in Twilight, all the Twilight movies. Oh, that's right. He is in that. <laughs> right. He's, he's only in Tory. Yeah, he's only, he's only, oh my God, you remember. He's mm-hmm. only in them because his daughter really likes those books. Uh, and then the very last thing I saw was After Earth by M. Night Shyamalan. Welcome to After Earth. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't say Earth. Yeah, right. Um, so I really wanted to see this movie. Because I thought that it was at least kind of interesting. And I will say this. Um, so the story is by Will Smith. The script is by M. Night and Gary Whitta. Gary Whitta, you will know from... Well, you, you won't. But Gary Whitta wrote uh, The Book of Eli. And which, I, which I enjoyed. What, say again? <laughs> no. <laughs> I've no. seen Book of Eli. <laughs> no, but he didn't write... With Denzel game. Washington and he's blind. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Hey, hey, Spoilers. Uh, but did you say Downton Abbey? He yeah. didn't watch it. He didn't write Downton Abbey. I'm just kidding. Because um, you said, you might not know him. Well, oh, no, I didn't mean you. I just meant, like, generally, I don't think people know <laughs> who wrote Book of Eli. Um, and I think the story is actually, like, pretty interesting. Like, the world that they are creating could have been a really great movie. Uh, basically, it's in the way future, and every, humans have left Earth, and they're living on these other planets, and they've got all this super technology. Um and but they've they get attacked by these aliens and these aliens have sort of these like really big mean alien dog things uh that have some silly name um but they literally and this is where the m night of it comes in they literally smell your fear um so th- they can pick up like the, the pheromones that people give off when they're afraid oh, and, and that's, and why, that's the, why that's why in the trailer he says fear is a choice right yes so they they literally like they'll run through you know 
They they can track people based on their fear really well. But I just said that with more emotion than Will Smith said. Let me try again. I'll get to that part. <laughs> they fear is a choice. <laughs> so um, so Will Smith plays this character who is completely without fear and can like walk through a battlefield and these things don't send him and then he just kills him. And so he like he is this super badass on the other planet and he's supposed to be there to like train all these guys. Um, now his son. Um, is like not a super badass predictably Mm -hmm. and they're on a ship together and the ship gets hit by some asteroids and they end up crashing on earth and as you go forward you learn the story that like well the reason that the son isn't much of a badass is because like he was there when his sister got killed in their house by one of those monster thingies and you know he feels really bad that he wasn't able to do anything and it's it's interesting. The problem is it's really, really poorly shot and really looks like garbage and it's not very well paced. Like the worst thing I can say towards M. Night Shyamalan about this movie is that it is a complete failure in its execution and nothing else that like that. I mean, there's some bad narration at the beginning because Jaden Smith is told basically to do a very deadpan voice the whole time. Same with with Will Smith. Like, I don't know why not being afraid is interpreted by Will Smith as not having any emotion. Um, It's really kind of boring. Mm. And by comparison to, say, Star Trek Into Darkness, where talking about emotion and fear is a and a fear of death is a big part of the plot of that movie. Um, that movie does it way better. Like Zachary Quinto really plays that, does that line very well. And here it's just fucking boring. Like, cause you just don't care about these characters any. Um, and then the fight scene at the end is really actually kind of anticlimactic. Uh, cause guess what? The boy goes out into the woods and ends up fighting one of those fear monster thingies and just eh, magically defeats it or whatever. Um, <laughs> Like, there's just no actual stakes. Uh, Isn't that so weird? Because in M. Night's first two movies, he was such a cool director. Yeah. What well, happened yeah. to him? Well, Does he have part of confidence it here anymore? is... Uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think he has the confidence that he used to have. Um, here, there's a lot of CG, and it's not very well implemented. He's never been very good at CG. Um, I, I remember on the Blu-ray, or on the DVD for Signs in the... Um, in like the special features, he talks about the fact that he was very like trepidatious about having a CG monster at the end of that movie. Um, and then here the whole friggin' movie is nothing but CG. It's, it's just, I don't know. I, I was I genuinely disappointed by this movie, which is weird because like going in, I was like, ah, yeah, this is probably bad, but whatever. But there's so much kind of cool. There's so many cool ideas here that I would love for this to be a good movie. If it had been done in the style of an Elysium, it would have been great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a, it's just an ugly and uninteresting movie in the end. Mm. Um, so anyway, don't see after earth. <laughs> uh, it was on my, my wait list at the library, but <laughs> anyway, that's what I've seen. Very cool. My man spider sense is tingling. Hey, look, it's man spider. How's it going, true believers? When I'm swinging through Colorado and I need comic books, I head to Arvada, Colorado, to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, the teal troll is attacking me! My son's in danger! Will no one help him? Oh no, it's Man Spider! 
Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, the whips the competition with great deals on back issues. 50% off hold slot, 20% off list price. You want sports memorabilia? They got that, too. Where are you going, Man Spider? The Teal Troll still has my son. Here's web in your eye. Oh, no, I'm bested by Man Spider again. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado, and tell them the real nerd sent you. For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoking taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smokin' Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. And we're back from our commercials. Um, so uh, this is what happened at the box office this week. This is the box office stats. Gravity killed it, yo, with $55 million. Yeah. Runner Runner did not. It did not. <laughs> that was fed to the Crocs. Oh, get it? Um, what, what's really interesting about Gravity is 80% of its revenue came from 3D. Really? Which is the highest since Avatar. Wow. So the word's getting out that you need to see it in 3D. Yeah. And you yeah. should. And you should? You absolutely should, yeah. But don't see any other movies in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ever. You know, you know they should, <laughs> Ever. They should make it a point for 3D to be like that. Because yeah. when they do that, everyone's like, oh my gosh, look how much money it's making. Because it's already made a lot more money again and now they're saying oh it's going to make almost like 300 million dollars well yeah if you make it a reason to see it in 3d people yeah. will pay the money even if it you know it doesn't have to be exactly this movie but even your pacific rims and stuff like that like those movies in 3d like the big box office action cg movies you know i'm fine if those are always always have a 3d option it's it's when they're like taking time to convert gi joe into 3d yeah. and you're just like oh god what a horrible idea <laughs> yeah you know totally Thanks, Box Office Mojo. Time to see what's coming out. Ooh, I'm getting something this week. DVD releases and Blu-rays. I, I, I want a couple of things this week. Pacific Rim is the big one. Yeah, I'm getting that. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. I want to check it out. Uh, the Heat with uh, Sandra Bullock. They, you know, people have been talking a lot about her getting an Oscar for The Heat. Really? I thought it was for Gravity. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, I don't think she deserves for that either. <laughs> There's a, a movie, it's an indie movie called A Hijacking that is, man, when I saw the trailer for, for uh, Captain Phillips, I was like, that's the same movie. Um, they're almost the exact same plot, except that I think I don't think the hijacking is specifically based on a true story. Um, but it's a really cool little trailer. I'm excited to check it out. Um, so look that one up. Uh, Drug War is out this week. I saw that movie. Yeah. Um Maniac, which is a movie with uh, Elijah Wood killing people. Uh, there's also a little Lawrence Fisherman movie called The Colony. Um, the first season of Vikings is out this week, which I totally forgot about that show, but it was great. <laughs> um, so if you if it shows up on Netflix and you didn't get a chance to see it, check that show out. Um, and the first season of Defiance, 
if anybody actually gives a shit. And then finally, there's a Blu-ray release of In the Mouth of Madness. I love that movie. Yeah, I had to pull that up since we were just talking about that the last couple of days. It's a good one. That's uh, that's the that's the Blu-ray. Cool. No, no shark movies. Oh man, thanks Digital Bits, and no thanks to the Asylum for no shark movies. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Where, where's how am I going to get my Brooke Hogan fix this year? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know yet. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch some old episodes <laughs> of Brooke Knows Best. <laughs> There's a real show called that. Yeah, it was a spinoff of Hogan Knows Best, mm. uh, or Hulk Knows Best, or whatever That's... Hulk Hogan the show was, uh, where she just like went and hung out with her girlfriends, and they like got stuck on rape boats. That's a little. I've seen. I've actually seen an episode where she just like gets stuck on a rape boat. Hmm. Yeah. Anyways, unspool the real news. It's real news. Fuck you! I'm going to say the first real news thing. <laughs> I got to. Uh, I got to look it up real fast though. So as I was so looking, I could I could beat you. As I was I looking to. through uh, my movie phone app. I came across an article that made me laugh, and it's not even news. It's just funny. Um, so let's see. Where did it? I bookmarked it. Oh, there it is. <laughs> okay, here's here's the headline. Shia LaBeouf got hit in the groin for filming a vomiting girl. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was so interesting about her vomiting that he felt like, oh, for posterity, I need to record this? Uh, according on YouTube, boy. <laughs> yeah, totally. According to The Sun, which I guess is a paper in yeah. England, I don't know, uh, LaBeouf was in London to film the Brad Pitt movie Fury. He was in Leicester Square when he and a friend happened upon Ash Nawaz and her sister. The actor started filming them throwing up on the street, but when they objected, a stranger intervened. The other party, incessed at getting filmed as well, reportedly punched LaBeouf and kicked him in the groin. Wow. Security near the nearby club separated the men. The buff and his friend later took off. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? If you're Shia LaBeouf, don't film someone vomiting or you're going to get punched and kicked in the groin. If you're anybody, like, why do you see, why would you see, like, a, a woman throwing up and be like, oh, man, oh, it's so hot. I need to be able to watch this later. But isn't it interesting, though, that the, the one weird take on this is if that was a paparazzi filming him vomiting oh, yeah. in the street and he kicked and punched the paparazzi in the balls he'd probably be sued yeah oh yeah for sure so it's just really i, I thought I thought about that too like how it's uh kind of a turn on what happens to him all the time yeah but now at the same time he should also think of it as hey if i were throwing up in the exactly street, would i like to be filmed because the paparazzi are filming me all the time yeah so he got punched and kicked in the groin for vomiting a english girl vomiting in the streets he gets in so much trouble when he he's does. Uh, like not he's, at home he's such a douchebag like, why doesn't he just make movies and be a good person? Why can't yeah. he be like Matt Damon? Yeah. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Like, you never hear... All those guys do is seriously make movies and go home or you something. You know why? You know why? He spent too much time in his life with Megan Fox. Probably. It rubbed off. But does Megan Fox doesn't really do anything, though. No, but she's horrible. Oh, okay. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he spent time with Megan Fox, and she's a horrible person, mm. so her horrible person rubbed off on his gotcha. horrible person. He probably rubbed one out on her. No. Oh. They're in Transformers together. <laughs> what's what's the real news, James? Um, so uh, Kumar Palana, I hope that's how you pronounce his name, who's in like every Wes Anderson movie. Uh, he died at ninety four this year, which man, I didn't realize he was that old. Like, there's something about he was, Indian people that they look young. That's racist. No, it's not. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Yeah, like I always saw him as you know he was one of those like just adorable old men characters, um, but I never would have thought he was that old. Yeah, me either. Man, um, so that's too bad. Brad, do you got any? You want to? What was what was your favorite role that he ever played in a Wes Anderson movie? Uh, probably Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um. Uh, Bob Odenkirk and most importantly Glenn Howerton. Well, and Oliver, Oliver Platt, but Glenn Howerton are gonna be in Fargo, FX's adaptation. I thought of Fargo. Bob Odenkirk was doing the Breaking Bad spinoff. Uh, yeah, but he is apparently in talks to be in Fargo. Hmm. So I don't know if that's they're not gonna you Fargo know, in the winter. Better Call Saul in the summer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, well, and uh, I will believe Better Call Saul when it happens. To be completely honest, mm. um, but Glenn Howerton. Like he's gonna do, I assume, a dramatic role. Does that mean um, it's always Sunny's gonna end, or he's gonna have two shows on FX? No, I'm sure he'll have two shows on FX. Uh, there's no, there's no way he's gonna. They're gonna end. It's always Sunny just because he's gonna try to like. Because there's no guarantee that Fargo is gonna do well. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't wrap up that. show. I guess it's the same network. So yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They're gonna work with each other. You know, and, and who, we have no idea what character or how often that character is going to be on. Yeah. You know, Alison Brie is on Mad Men and Community at the same time, but she's not on Mad Men that much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bob Orsi has said, or has been in talks with uh, CBS about making a new Star Trek show, um, which is really exciting because that's the thing that, like, since they rebooted the show or rebooted the series, because Star Trek was dead. Like, we were not going to get Star Trek again anytime soon until J.J. Abrams and that whole team made a new movie uh, and really got some support mainstream-wise behind that show again. Um, I I am definitely interested to see. Uh, uh, CBS doesn't excite me. Um, if it were another channel, I would probably be more excited. But uh, I don't know what I would want. Brad, what do, you, what, what do you want out of a Star Trek show? To boldly go where no man's gone before? At this point? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say, um, going back, like, into the universe that the movies have created now, mm-hmm. this alternate universe, I don't know if we should go do a TV version of that, um, but at the same time, like, the TV, the show enables you to connect more with the characters than the movies will ever do. Yeah. Even if they go to six of them, like the original series, it's just like that rapport that those characters had with the audience and going into their old movies is like made the movies more special. So I don't know if going back the other way is going to do anything. And plus there's no way that cast is going to do a weekly TV series. No. Yeah. I I have a feeling like my biggest fear, honestly, is that this ends up being like a, like a Torchwood or honestly, like a, like a, like an agents of shield, not, not, not a knock against agents of shield, but where these are the little people where this is the B team. Um, I think what I would want is another ship, another crew, maybe not the Enterprise. Um, I would hate for this to be a cop drama on the streets of San Francisco in Star Trek world. Um, you see what you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because um, CBS it, loves those shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that it's CBS—that's part of why I'm afraid of that. Um, it needs to be a we're out in space, we're going to different planets. Um, I would say, I mean. It's a little ridiculous, but I'd say change up the style of the show. Of like, maybe introduce it as a found footage version of Star Trek, or just like a different element, like a, a through a different documentary, not found footage, but like a mockumentary. mockumentary. Yeah, yeah, like a reality show version of Star Trek or something. You know? Yeah, 
where be people cool are to doing see like, people go through Starfleet to yeah, and then they could like, do like testimonials, like you know, you'll see like like an office version of mm-hmm. you know, Starfleet or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool because you never really see that part of Star Trek where you know they had to go through what they had to go through to make it. Yeah, right. rather than the Kobayashi Maru. And and that and that would work because there you're still talking about space exploration and you're still talking about the Federation and you're still talking about, you know, aliens and stuff like that, you know. Um I I just don't want them to get too far away from I just want to see a, space. a Star Trek cuz you know I'm not a fan. Yeah. I mean, I became one because of you guys, but yeah. I just want to see a Star Trek where more girls are taking off their clothes <laughs> in transport. Oh yeah, especially if they're like just talking about a thing and then they go get in a shuttle. And they're mm-hmm. not going anywhere, uh-huh. and they don't mm-hmm. have any reason to change mm-hmm. their clothes except mm-hmm. to stand at mm-hmm. a funny. Uh, it's my favorite shot in the pose. whole movie. Yeah, or maybe anywhere. not from a Starfleet perspective. Maybe do a show that is from the Klingons' perspective. Oh, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. oh yeah, like a like a oh dude, that's the show you do. Is you do the like the return of Vulcan? Like you start on a Vulcan colony with some young Vulcans. Oh, the Vulcans are not going to make great characters. Mm-hmm. No, that's why you like, do Star Trek Vulture. Isn't that the name of the Klingon ships? What's the name of the Klingon ships? Birds ship? of Prey. Oh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has already been a show has for it? DC. Has it really? Remember uh, in the 90s? That Birds, oh, Birds, Birds of Prey. Of Prey. Yeah, but you could call yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you but could call it Raptor yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, I think Klingons would be more interesting because then you could tell all the same stories like when they were considered villains, but you do the morality play as where it's like, oh, yeah. they would think we were the villains doing the same kind of situations. That'd be cool. But yeah, the ambiguous gray area of like why it would be like, we'd be <sighs> in the in the wrong to them. You know what I want now? Mm. Now that you, we've said all this, I want American horror story, the star Trek show. <laughs> like I want every season to be a different story. I not, not because I want like fucking gross stuff in space. I mean, it would be cool if it were more like miniseries where, Every season was a slightly different story, and maybe they'd interact some, but you could tell a story like that, a story that we would never get anywhere else, that that on a that any other Star Trek show would never do. Because um, yeah, I think following badass. one crew for seven seasons at this point, it's like Star Trek's done it yeah. a lot. So yeah, if each season, if there's twelve episodes each season, each season you followed like you know people involved in Starfleet or the Klingons or you know a new vessel being launched and like their 12 you know their first mission in 12 parts like that would be cool you know what i want and just like just call star trek universe and like each season you just go to a different part of the universe and like tell a story i want a i want the story of a klingon on the new colony or a vulcan on the new colony who leaves and goes to chronos and starts cooking meth (laughs) on chronos and it's, and it's, then it's 100% to the pure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nobody else <laughs> it's 110% pure. Yeah. He actually adds more drug. And it, it's green, not blue. It's, yeah. Green-blooded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. That's what yeah. I want. Cool story, guys. What's the next <laughs> fucking article? <laughs> um, and then we've got a lot of, uh, of subtitle control. Um, they are talking about Star Wars. They're always talking about Star Wars. Everyone is always talking about Star Wars. I read Wars. this one this morning. Yeah. Um, so the proposed right now, what the the rumor mill says, are the two subtitles for the next Star Wars movie are either Return of the Sith or Rise of the Jedi, which are both really boring. But yeah. like, uh, I mean, not that the subtitle here means well, anything. Phantom Menace was stupid when you first heard it. No, what? No, Phantom Menace is maybe the. Phantom Menace is the coolest of the first three titles. Stupid. No, Brad. 
Right. Uh, I like Revenge of the Sith because it's a nod to Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I, I think Attack of the Clones is cool because it's a callback to like that one scene in... Um, in in the first Star Wars where you t- they talk about the Clone Wars and there's always been sort of this like, oh man, w- wouldn't it be cool to get to see the Clone Wars? But then of course that's disappointing. But like the Phantom Menace, this whole idea that like there's this thing out there we don't know. Because it's not, it's not Anakin. Like the Phantom Menace is this, is, is the Emperor. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this idea that there is this, this evil that's sort of out there and it's not something tangible yet. Like I think that's a really cool title. It was definitely interesting and got your attention, Meh. whereas um, these two don't. Yeah, whatever it is, it better not be Return of the Sith, because that just makes this feel like so masturbatory. I was reading the comments and stuff, like, the fan favorite right now is A New Dawn, which is even lamer, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they'll think of something. Someone said, like, we need to retire for the next ten years any subtitles of any movies referring to things like Dawn or Rise. <laughs> okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. How about The Star War? How about, how about that? Does it's been that, done. Is that good? Oh, damn. Blech. All right. Here are the subtitles proposed right now. Basically, at a at a theater somewhere, I forget now, um, as people were leaving Captain Phillips, there were some people polling for titles for st- Spider-Man that people might like. Spider uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, I should say. On the two that were apparently... Well, there were three, but the only two that this person reporting this can remember are <clears throat> With Great Power... And, ready, The Price of Power. Those are both terrible. These are fucking horrible. Yeah. I, I, I would rather it be Why Amazing Spider-Man Why don't they just Spider-Man call it too. The Spectacular Spider-Man? Absolutely. Uh, that's way better. you separate it and you still do fan service. Why uh, do they even need a subtitle? I, I actually... I'm am, fine with Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Because it makes, like, it's, the other franchise, the other series, like, the Spider-Man series yeah, this one could yeah. be the amazing spider-man series yeah but i still think if you called it the amazing spider-man then the spectacular spider-man then the sensational spider-man but then what are we going to call the bo- the box set the amazing spectacular sensational spider-man trilogy <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. no the ultimate just, spider-man trilogy you call it the amazing spider-man collection yeah yeah but it's got spectacular and sensational in I, it doesn't matter <laughs> i think uh that's why I say you hold those other two for 20 years down the line when they reboot it again and again. Yeah. I think, you know, we're just in this place where creative titles is is the most fashionable thing. from Everything from James Bond to Batman to Superman to um, the Star Wars movie or the Star Trek movies. Like, everybody wants to have a title that doesn't have a number in it. Um, Which I like. You know? Yeah, I, I actually... Having yeah, a every example lazy. I just gave is... But it really has to like, but bank on the theme. With great yeah. powers, like, oh, you referenced yeah. a quote. So, I mean, exactly. is it The Amazing Spider-Man with great power? Yes. Yeah, the Amazing Spider-Man colon. colon with great power. Yeah, if the movie were like... Spider-Man <laughs> with great power? Or is it like Hell. Star Trek Into Darkness where it's like The Amazing Spider-Man with great power? <laughs> <laughs> if, it were, if it were something a bit more straightforward, like uh, Amazing Spider-Man responsibility, where, they were, where it was like chapter titles or something mm-hmm. like that, I'd, I'd enjoy that more. Um, but like this weird truncated version of, or do you think they're going with, you know, the Batman thing where, you know, it's the dark Knight man of steel and it's just going to be called with great power. That would be, that would be badass. I mean, not that title, <laughs> but if they, if they gave it something that wasn't a Spider-Man title at all, but, but you really um, couldn't because yeah, because at the end of the day you need to sell fuck it. it call it friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. 
yeah. Mary Jane Loves Spider-Man. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. She's not in the movies. Shut up. <laughs> she got fired. <laughs> no. She got uh, cut. Fired. <laughs> and if the movie revolves around him fighting a villain, they should just call in whatever villain he's fighting. So oh, the Amazing Spider-Man, yeah. sh- you know, Shocker. Electro. And then the next movie, <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man, Rhino. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it's going. Yeah. Amazing, uh, amazing Spider-Man, the pun doctor. Well, see, I mean, AKA it would work, shocker. too, though, if you do, you know, the amazing Spider-Man. Like, I mean, looking at my old things, you know, the goblin's power. <laughs> I mean, that's cheesy, but you yeah. have to yeah. do something like that because my guesses are doing it because I think the third one is going to be the amazing Spider-Man colon the Sinister Six or Rise of the Sinister Six or yeah. Attack of the Sinister Six or whatever it's going to be. Battles would be better. Hell, if it was just Amazing Spider-Man Sinister. That'd be sweet. I don't think that's going to be three, though, now. I the think Sinister think Spider-Man? <laughs> uh, no, that's the Superior Spider-Man. There's no such thing. No, I mean, he should that, sh- that book should be called The Sinister Spider-Man. It should be. That'd make more sense. Yeah. There's no such thing as a Superior Spider-Man. There's no greater Spider-Man than Peter Parker. He is the Superior Spider-Man. He is. This is just, this is getting yep. mundane. It is. Hey, we saw Machete this week. Oh, Machete Kills, I mean. Oh, no, wait, you have a comic book. I do. What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. Uh, we all really like, well, at least Ryan and I really like Terry Moore. I don't know if you've ever read any Terry Moore. No. Anyway, he's great. And a few years ago, uh, he wrote a book called Echo. Um, Echo is the story. What you, right? Echo. What is it? Echo. Okay. Echo. Um, that was a dumb <laughs> Yeah, it was really stupid. <laughs> Fail. Anyway, <laughs> Echo is the story. <laughs> uh, Echo is the story of the uh, this like private military uh, company builds this suit that's like made out of like a liquid metal kind of thing. Um, metal kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> you dick. Uh, that one anyway. was way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Uh, um. It uh, it blows up over this whole valley, and it's little bits of it uh, fall on this girl, and um, and she starts like it gives her some powers, and she starts also taking on the personality of the woman who was using the suit at the time that it blew up, and as she goes forward, it's it's a limited series. It was thirty thirty issues, um, and she has to figure out like okay, what is this suit, and what are these powers. And how do I use them and how do I save the world? Because clearly things are going weird. Um, and it's really badass. There's this dude, Kane, that I don't want to give too much away about what happens to Kane. But there's basically this crazy fucking homeless man that also gets, <laughs> like, his hand gets covered in this shit. And he's just going around, like, frying dudes. And it's gruesome. Like, nice. uh, especially for Terry Moore, who is famous for um, drawing really pretty ladies, which he still does in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, when he. When he opens up a, a an issue with like just gruesome murder scenes from this t- crazy fucking hobo dude, uh, it's pretty badass. Um, the thing that Terry Moore is best at though is like he is such a great storyteller just through his images that in those in the first few I- issues, what stood out to me was that there were pages where there was no dialogue, where it was just like a character walking around a room and and like picking up things and doing certain things, and and you would just stare at the panels and and it would. There's a way that he uses those images that it sets its own pace and you it, you feel like you're watching a little movie uh, where he doesn't have to tell you anything. You just sort of get a sense of what's going on. Um, he's fantastic. The art is gorgeous. 
uh, and you can pick it up in trades. I think there might be a collection. He, it's published through Abstract Studios. There which is. is his his. Uh, you, you've seen yeah, like a full collection. Yeah, it's a hardcover. Yeah. Oh man, I bet it's gorgeous. Um, so go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. They'll give you twenty percent off on those trades. Yeah. Um, and and read some Echo because it's good. Nice. Yeah. Good choice. Thank you. This week we saw Machete Kills. Brad, should people go see Machete Kills? Uh, yeah, I think this might be one of my favorite movies of the year. You're a liar. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Liar. You're just trying to get one over on us. Yeah, I guess that didn't work. <laughs> I wouldn't. You know, I didn't. I didn't hate it, but it's uh, it's uh, it it has some cool stuff in it. I just don't think it's uh, re- like it, it. There's so much. There's so many great ideas in it, but it's not really executed very well. Um. Yeah. No. You should absolutely not see this movie. Um. I fucking hate it. Um. Straight up, I I think it might be the worst movie I've seen this year. Um. uh, This movie plays like a joke you've heard before, told by somebody who doesn't remember the punchline. Um. (laughs) Like, I'm a death proof guy more than a Planet Terror guy, but Robert Rodriguez understood these jokes when he did them in 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 Planet Terror, and I. I don't see that person making this movie. It's it's not what you came to this movie for. Like, because it's hard to say that a movie that's meant to be bad is bad, but this movie is meant to be bad and doesn't do it very well. Well, the point, the problem is, is if you're going to make it bad and you're going to make it like grindhousey, like he made Machete Kills again in space before, where it's grindhousey and it has like scratches on the film. Yeah, go all out, and that's my biggest problem. And I, yeah. Um, this movie should visit the E.T. game from 1982 in the landfill in Mexico <laughs> and be put in there never unearthed again. I I agree. It's it's like it's a lot like Bad Milo for me where you have this joke and it seems like you're not using it. You're just saying, well, you know, mm-hmm. it's a guy who can't. It, I don't know. It's it's you have this joke, but you wrapped it around a whole bunch of nonsense. Yeah, that that you just sort of strung together. And again, if you're going to do it, you have to you have to sell people on what you're doing. You can't do it half-assed. Mm-hmm. You can't have half serious and half goofy, and then yeah. you can't make it look like it should actually have aired on Sci-Fi first because it looks really cheap. You, you know what it genuinely reminds me of? It reminds me of Spy Kids too. Now go go with me here. Uh, I I saw Spy Kids one when I was a kid, and it really worked for me, and I enjoyed that movie. Um, I mean, it's it's goofy or whatever, but I was a kid. Um, and then I saw Spy Kids two a couple of years later when it came out, um, and he did it. He just made the next one super silly. You know, he didn't he didn't try to sell a story like the first one. He just was like, oh, I got some wacky ideas. I'm just gonna throw in there. Uh, and this feels that way, where it's just like, ah, I came up with all this ridiculous shit, and we'll just tie it together, and that'll be the sequel. Here's a trailer. <laughs> Men fear him. Ladies love him. And now, he's back for his most dangerous mission yet. Machete kills. That's what he does. Machete. There's a bad man south of the border. I am a genuine high-caliber fucker-people-upper. He's got a missile pointed right up our ass. Machete. I got a wild idea. Shoot that motherfucker! Damn, you're good. On October 11th, you can't beat my army of super soldiers. Holy fuck. Hola, motherfucker. Hola, motherfucker. 
when the shit hits the fan. He's the blade. I blew my wad lover boy. And let you have all the fun. You can't beat me. I know your every move. Nobody knows Machete. Encore. Machete Kill. Machete! Machete Kills is basically... Uh, it, I mean, it... I don't it's know if a continuation it, of the first does one. Does it take place right after the first one? Not really. Um, I, I get him and Jessica Alba show up to. Yeah, they've been teamed up as a. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Some kind of law enforcement. I, and I will say ops. this: I liked the first one. Yeah. Um, but you know, it starts and they're starting trying to stop this military from selling weapons to the cartel, the Mexican cartel, and uh, Jessica Alba's in the movie for like four minutes. She gets shot in the head. Um, and the machete gets sad. The machete gets machete sad. Machete don't get sad. Um, but I don't understand why Vaz didn't shoot machete right away. Because he wanted to use him as a specimen but for his like he, ultimate but he soldier. He didn't know that yet. Remember, because he did. And when Mel Gibson was saying it, he didn't. He said after he saw that he killed his specimen, then he realized that maybe machete was the the better specimen to use. Well, you're, you're the thing is like you are trying to inject logic into this story. <laughs> and I think the whole thing behind this is like, it's not, n- none of it makes sense. Like it's yeah, all meant to be ridiculous. It, but see, here's the wh- thing. What he does is like, here's these cool things I want to do. And, um, there's no way to make them make sense. So I'm just going to do them anyway. Mm-hmm. And hopefully like they'll look cool on screen. And it doesn't matter because this character in this world that I've created, like it's an homage to these old movies that, just did stuff and in order to like get it done because it was cool, but it doesn't actually make a good movie. Yeah, see, so he's like it, aping that thing. Yeah. I'm, I understand that. But if you're going to make it ridiculous, you got to go all in. You can't. Yeah. That's the, the problem is like, yeah. Oh cool. Like he's going to hook himself up to this helicopter and swing around, and cut everyone's heads off. Like that's a cool idea. Yeah. But then it's like, Oh, here's this CGI. And it's and executed really and, poorly because you yeah. don't know exactly what he's doing yeah. until heads start falling off. And then you see, yeah, you're right, this really bad CGI. Yeah. And then she just things like a gun that turns people inside out. And you're like, oh, cool, people are going to explode like inside out. And it's like almost looks like cartoon characters like yeah. getting turned inside out because the CGI really, is so bad. And it's really bad, too, because the CGI is so bad. And then they do a close-up. Of, and the makeup looks great, like the, the bones and the intestines and everything. But it looks nothing like the CGI. Yeah, and it's a really bummer. And I don't know even know why they use. Well, I know why they use CGI because it's cheaper. But, um, like this is an homage to like seventy seventies films. Like that whole machete trailer that spawned this whole thing is like everything in this movie should be practical effects, even if they're mm-hmm. terrible. And that's why I don't get to. That's where the charm tons comes from. Of CGI blood and even the gun flashes were CGI, but yeah. it was so poorly done they like didn't line up with the guns. Mm. And I don't know if that was in t- supposed to be intentional, but like, and, and but that's not the problem for me. The problem is that that those old B movies weren't that weren't this way where like every new scene the the entire plot was changing, the logic of the movie, the tone of the movie was changing. Like, what, no, what they used to do was. They they it'd be a movie where like hey we have this one idea and that idea is wacky or or a couple of ideas that are really wacky and then we'll just wrap them in 
um, the kind of stuff that we think would be cool and some badass action scenes and stuff like that. Um, but instead, the, it's just like this movie is so manic and so um, fickle about what it wants to be that you you never really get to um, enjoy any of the jokes or anything like that. Like when they introduce the the they introduce Damien Bashir's character, who um, I it was one of the moments. There were about three times in this movie where a, a, an actor would show up, and I'd be like. <gasps> Now it's going to, here we go. All right, this is going to be the part of this movie that I like, you know? Because I was really afraid that I wasn't giving this movie a chance because I was hating it so much. Um, I know, half the time I saw you were just looking down at your coat. <laughs> I, uh, I was I, like, is he falling asleep? Or no, is he I was just like just, totally just put off get, by this movie? I would just get very frustrated. Um, but then like, so when Damien Bashir first shows up and he's, he walks down the this these stairs and he's just like hamming it up, chewing the scenery. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. Like I was really excited for him to be there. Uh, and then they introduced this whole idea that he's like, you know, manic and is he, he there's like three people inside of him. And I was like, okay, cool. So then this is like what this is going to, that's, that's going to be the big joke of the rest of this movie. And we're going to get to follow this thing. And they do it like two or three times. And you, it really doesn't have any kind of payoff at all. And then he gets shot in the head. His head's and, chopped off. Or is, yeah, his head's chopped off. And you're just like, what the fuck was the point of that? Like, I, it wasn't... F- you didn't let us have that joke long enough to ha- make it fun. You didn't work on it ha- hard enough to make it interesting. So why was it even there? And see, that's the... Uh, here, here's a clip from Machete, and you can see if you like it. All right. For all of you new girls, it's Peso Pussy Tuesday. So keep your panties drop, your legs spread, and your snatch well-oiled. Because you're not walking any straight lines tomorrow. As you know, every jerk of low life from this side of Rio Grande is going to pile through that door as soon as the sun comes down. So get them off and get them out. And ladies, every Steve Pecker in my parlor pays to play. No freebies. Those are house rules. I don't know what the clip is. I, I'm sure there's, <laughs> there's a clip on EPK that I can find. We just want to waste your time yeah, with some clips. Um, but y- y- what you've hit on is I think the the problem is is not – it's like not everybody's in on the joke. Even even the lead character, Danny Trejo, I don't think – like the joke is he doesn't care and he's, you know, machete don't text. But then it's so <laughs> – it's like so stupid because he's he, – it's like he can't carry the movie with like lines like that. Yeah. And he – I I I mean I like Trejo in like earlier movies, but he seems like he's getting really old and um and I understand I think he's seventy, so I understand that he can't do what he used to do. But yeah. there's a, a Damon Bashir is he's good in it, but then I think because the movie is a cheap movie that they're like, well, we can only have him on set for three days, so I'm going to write this one character and they get killed off. And I actually I loved the idea of uh, El Chameleon. I love that the hitman could change who he was constantly. And, like, that's a cool idea, but... But it's a wasted character. It's a wasted character at the end because he just busts out of some hole and then they're trying to be funny with some racist rednecks shooting Mexicans as they cross oh, the gosh, border. Yeah. And, and a complete waste of Antonio Banderas and Walton Goggins. Yeah. Like, 
Walton Goggins, uh, that was the other one, or another one, where Walton Goggins showed up, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, like, I am in again, like, this is gonna be great, and Walton Goggins is done, is gone in about a minute and a half. Yeah, and, and I, I was like, what? But, I mean, I like seeing Cuba Gooding Jr., too, I mean, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, and, and, and actually, just, his sequence was really And was I don't good. mind, like, the Lady Gaga in it, because I like how it's changing, and I think it's a yeah. cool idea for her character. Like, if the whole movie was El Chameleon chasing Machete across and constantly yeah. changing ideas, he never knew who the hitman was, that's cool. Yep. That's what I'm saying is this whole movie is, like, there's too many, like, interesting ideas. Like, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. could have been stretched out across a bunch of movies and been way better uh, and focused. And instead, it's just like, it felt like when they were making it, like, they had one idea. And as they were making it, like, they were like, oh, well, what if we added this to it? Mm-hmm. And then added this to it and just went ahead and did that over and over again. And so it's just, like, all these cool mm-hmm things added to it and it got to be too much well honestly i think they also because they started with a trailer for machete kills again in space <laughs> yeah and they I, th- I think they honestly are trying to build to that i think that they had that idea and they said we have to have this movie also end with him in space oh yeah which is not that good not as good as if the joke were we have a movie and it's whatever it's you know the chameleon chasing him or whatever um and it ends and then what's the sequel the the sequel is machete six machete kills again in space and skip four movies ahead and do like Jason X, but without us ever seeing Friday the 13th, three through through seven or three through nine, you know? We haven't seen like, the first one. I think they didn't plan on doing the space thing after the first machete. And I think in the middle of this one, like they may have planned like the villain was going to be the multiple personalities Damien Bashir thing. Yeah. But when they signed on Mel Gibson and he's, I actually enjoyed his performance. I, I think it was like, a too, really yeah. fun kind of crazy. It may have been like so interesting that he might have been like, "Oh, you know, we need to do, we need to take this franchise into space." Yeah, for the third one. And w- but see the, but why the the tr- trailer didn't work at the beginning because they're saying Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and then <Maybe>. act, <laughs> a- actor schedule change, but then Mel Gibson is the guy who puts on the mask. Yeah, why did they just say Mel Gibson at the beginning? Well, because they wanted a Man in the Iron Mask joke, uh, but it's mm-hmm. not that funny. Yeah, but you know, Mel Gibson's I will get, his, his performance is good. Yeah, and I mean. There's the one part I did laugh in this is when um, Machete's in like the healing pool, and he and Mel Gibson's like, "Fine, I'll turn my back." And he gets up, and then like Mel Gibson gives him a glance behind, <laughs> and they start playing the porn music. Yeah, I'm like, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or like when the Lance Beater shows up, he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm yeah. into Star Wars too." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Once once Mel Gibson shows up, it becomes the Mel Gibson show. Um, and I think and Gibson I plays it right because he doesn't play it, you know, zany. Yeah, he plays it, you know. Just like he, he's a good actor. Yeah, he, yeah, he plays it like he's in a, like he's doing a a bad guy role in a movie that happens to be shitty around him. Yeah, and you know, there's a part we talked about it yesterday where Mel Gibson pulls out the <laughs> Inside Out gun. He shoots Tom Savini, who's wasted in the movie, yeah. which they didn't even explain. He died in the first one, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and he they didn't explain that he was back for any reason. Yeah, and so he gets turned inside out. And then while it's charging, Machete walks away while he's getting <laughs> shot at, like not even trying to dodge anything. And it's really this weird, awkward shot where he's like walking behind. It seems like a curtain or something. Like, yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> exiting stage left. I think yeah. that's the joke. Is like they don't know how to get Machete out of the situation, so they'll just like. So he ex- just walks away. Yeah, he'll just let's just have him walk away. Fuck it. And in in a better <laughs> movie, like you know, in a real grindhousey good movie that would have been awesome that joke would have played so well i still well. think they, and they didn't have a scene where if, you know he's being shot at constantly and he was just like running kind of away from things i would have had machete get shot at and like spinning his machete and deflecting bullets and shooting pe- and hitting people like do i really have to be a smarter person than robert rodriguez to make things cool yeah you know 
Man. Sheesh. Anyways. Fuck you know, it. there was there was like a minute and a half to a minute 45 of this movie that I really loved. Do you know what it was? The, the credits? They were pretty cool. Uh, no, no, no. It was the part between when Michelle Rodriguez gets shot in the face and when Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> comes back from the dead. I liked that little bit. Which in the trailer, her eyes back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. great, we have she's to probably have her a clone. Back again. Yeah. yeah, a clone or Vaz gives her an eyeball. Oh god, what horrible world would we clone her in? You know, as lame as this movie was, I still want to see Machete Kills again in space. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would totally see that movie, but I would want it to not be anywhere near what this movie is. Like, I would want, yeah. I would want them to hear some criticism and go like, oh, okay, we have to actually give a shit. It bombs so bad they're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Unless Robert Rodriguez makes some $600 million movie and decides he's going to make it. Uh, yeah, it's called Sin City. Oh, he is making Sin City right now. Which, now, based on his track record of sequels, maybe I don't want to see that movie. Yeah. Because maybe it'll be like Shorts. Not that that's a sequel, but it's one of his goofy movies. I like Desperado. Yeah. Like, what happened to Robert Rodriguez? Like... I think his Predators movie is cool. He didn't make it, but he produced it. Yeah. It's a cool movie. But if you go back to, like, El Mariachi and Desperado and even Sin City uh, and Dawn, um, From Dust Till Dawn, mm-hmm. like, he was really cool and fun. And planet, even Planet Terror. Um, I, I just... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe when you get your own studio, studio and you can make all your movies at home, maybe he just got to get lazy. George Lucas Syndrome. Nobody tells him no anymore. Maybe. Anyways, uh, next week we're going to see another action movie. We're going to see Escape Plan with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Uh, James wants to see Carrie. Maybe we can fit in Carrie, too. We'll see. Eh, nah, we'll see Sylvester Stallone. I haven't seen a Sil- Sylvester Stallone movie this year, so. You didn't see Bullet to the Head? No, I wasn't here Yeah, that it was week. me and you. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I don't think Bullet to the Head was terrible. It was all right. Mm. Yeah. I like violent action movies. So maybe this will be the one. Maybe. This will be our Expendables. Yep. Uh, thanks to everybody from Mile High Horror and Telluride Horror for sitting down with us and letting us be a part of your festival. Absolutely. Um, until next week, bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6Nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.